0: Amen, thank you, Brother Andrew. He's a great song leader. I wanna lead you in a uh, hymn, I've been singing this all week, Um, 444. I wanna encourage you just to note this in your heart throughout the year. You could probably memorize it right now. It's based off of Ecclesiastes. It's called In His Time. I'll sing it a few times. All right. Let's get an intro. 444. In his time, in his time, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Lord, please show me every day, as you're teaching me your way, that you do just what you say in your time let's sing it again in his time in his time he makes all things beautiful in his time Lord please show me every day as you're teaching me your way that you do just what you say in your time, one more time in his time in his time he makes all things beautiful in his time lord please show me every day as you're teaching me your way that you do just what you say in your Jesse. All right. Let's have all the kids dismissed downstairs. My wife, it's Jessie, as she, hey amen, she takes the crew down there. They have a great time. She's doing a great job with them downstairs. Praise God. You know, uh, he makes all things beautiful in his time, and that is whatever you bring to him, whatever you bring to him, uh, he We'll make sense of it for you. He will figure it out, whatever. And it's, it's always a mess that we bring to the Lord. Uh, because we don't come to the Lord unless we're in a mess. We never go to the Lord when everything's good. We never bring to the Lord anything good. None of us do. We only go to him when we're in trouble, when we're in despair, when we're in a mess, and whatever mess we bring to him, he will make it beautiful in his time. And how true that is for each and every one of us. It could be your life that's a mess. Well, he'll make it beautiful again. Amen. It uh, could be a situation that you got yourself in. He'll make it beautiful in his time. Uh, whatever you bring to him, learn to bring whatever to the Lord. And, you know, he, it's, it's a sad thing uh, that it, it, that's what it takes for us to come to the Lord, but well, he knows how we are. Uh, that's why the Bible says, cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. Uh, thank God that he's a people person, uh, and he doesn't get weary of us. Uh, his long-suffering endureth forever. Praise God for that. And he suffers a long time uh, with our mess. Amen. Uh, so learn to bring God your mess, and he'll make it a masterpiece. That's the beauty of, of our God. Uh, but we just need to learn to come to him, and he that cometh to God, uh, he won't know why he's cast out. doesn't matter what you got yourself in or what you did. The beauty and power of the blood of Jesus Christ displays, um, displays greatly, uh, especially when our sins are great. And uh, the Bible says, he that is whole needeth not a physician, but he that is sick. And those that have uh, sinned the most will be forgiven the most and therefore will love him the most. And it takes us to know God's love, especially through our grave mistakes and sin. We'll never know God's forgiveness if it were not for our sin. Sometimes we, we don't turn to God because of our sin. But it takes our sin to turn to God. It takes knowing how good he is Uh, by realizing how bad we are. It takes knowing how uh, miraculous he is by knowing how weak and helpless we are. And then if you realize that, if you realize who the great physician is, he talked to the Pharisees, he said, you know, you think you're whole, you think you're not sick, therefore you'll never be healed. But those that know they're sick, those that know they need help, and know who the great physician is, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just by name, but in heart. You'll realize when it hits your heart. You'll be broken. I want to take you to a passage. Let's start out in the book of Philippians. We're going to be in a few places today. I hope this message uh, finds you well this morning. And I want to, at the end of service, I want to pray and ask a blessing upon all of us this year in 2024. If you would find Philippians in the book of Philippians chapter 3, if you would find that and stand when you find it. We're going to read a few verses here in verse 12, and we're going to be in a couple books today, book of Genesis, Book of Esther, and the Book of Isaiah. I'll have you out by dinner time. <laughs> Leave now, forever hold your peace, praise God. Amen, <laughs> Philippians 3, verse 12. The Bible says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I have may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus, I'm gonna explain all this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, bless this message, Lord. We are your people. doesn't matter who, what, what, what type of person we are. We are your people. You saved us. You called us. You named us your own. We are your children. Um, Lord, thank you for being a great father. We have many failures in our life, Lord. Many regrets, many troubles, many cares. Lord, but one good thing that we have is you. The only good thing. Lord, we thank you for being there for us, not against us. No matter what we've done, you're for us. You're never for our sin, because it's our sin that hurts us, destroys us, takes and robs our life. Perverts all the good that you created in us, Lord. But Lord, you're against the sin in our life, for our good and your glory. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. The Lord used. Now we know the author of the of the all scriptures, the Holy Spirit of God, and God uses people. Of course, He uh, uses men and women, uh, even today. Amen. Uh, to do the work of God, and we know that no scripture is of any private interpretation. But the Bible says, but holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, and all scripture is given by inspiration of God. There's not one word that's not sp- uh, spoken by the mouth of God uh, before even the world was created. All that we read it was spoken by God, given by God uh, to us, amen? And he used holy men of God, uh, but only as instruments, only as pens, amen? We have the written word of God today. But the Apostle Paul, God used the prophets in the Old Testament and then the Apostles in the New Testament uh, called men. The Apostle Paul uh, said, listen, I'm not perfect, verse 12. You think I am. I don't have a grip. I don't have uh, a a hold on everything. That's what that word apprehend means. When you're apprehended, it means you've been uh, arrested or uh, taken, Uh, I don't have a grip on everything. I don't have a grip on all the things of God. I don't have a grip on my life. It may seem like I do, but you don't know what struggles I have. You don't know what I deal with. And the Bible says in verse 13, but this one thing I do, let me tell you something. This one thing I do, I have learned to just forget everything that is behind me. and reach forward to what's before me. Verse 13, forgetting those things which are behind. That could mean anything. We need to learn to live in an aggressive pursuit and what is his, uh, verse 14, he says, this is what I do, to press toward, it means be aggressive and pressing toward, uh, especially living in a city we know that if, if you if you don't drive a certain way in traffic, you don't get anywhere. You end up at the back. You gotta you gotta cut people up. You gotta you gotta be aggressive, right? Being in, in the in the in the stores, you gotta hey, you gotta you gotta learn to maneuver through people and grab those things off the shelf and let me get that. You'll be there all day, right? All right? Let me let me get by you real quick and grab that uh, can of corn or whatever you gotta get. Um, but fourteen says, listen. I need to be aggressive towards the mark. What mark? The calling of God in Christ Jesus. We got a calling on all of our lives. You say, well, I don't know what the will of God is for me. You do know what the will of God is for you. You might not know everything, but you know you need to be living right. You know you need to be praying. You know you need to be memorizing scripture. You know you need to be reading the Bible. You know you need to be telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know you need to be in church. You know you need to be active in in, in serving God with the best of your ability. You know what you need to be doing. You might not know everything. You might not know all the will of God. Nobody does. But you do know the will of God for you. Today, you do know some that God has revealed to you. And you need to press toward that. There's many things that prohibit us. There's many things that uh, get our attention and uh, take hold of our uh, feet and pull us down. It's as if we are the ones that get apprehended by other things. But we need to to take hold on what is before us and stop letting the past take hold on us. The past will always, you cannot change the past. You cannot undo what has happened. You cannot undo things that hurt you in your childhood and and, and, uh, people that have taken advantage of you. And and you cannot change what has happened before you. You need to learn to forget those things. You need to learn to forgive. You need to learn to reach forward towards the new life that God has displayed in front of you. You're either going to be prisoned Or you need to prison the life that God has put before you and use it for his honor and glory. Some people say, well, how can I forget? How can I forget such hurt? How can I? Let's go over. We're going to look at two people today in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, chapter 39, the first book of the Bible. In the scriptures... We're gonna look at two people. Two people that have been robbed different ways of their life. God knows what you have gone through. And if there's anyone that understands you, it's God. You may say, well, nobody understands me. And and we, we always like to have someone that has been through the same thing as we have or understands us personally, we can relate to. Then we find out, well, sometimes they're hard to talk to and uh, they might not be as good as friends as I thought and, and we cut ties and we find ourselves alone again. But there's always one that's been there that understands you, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, listen, he, he didn't just come and down the cross, he lived and we don't have all the record of what he did. The Bible says the books of the whole world cannot contain all that he did for us. But he did it, not only for an example, but that he may better understand, the Bible says, and to aid us, to help us in our infirmities, our struggles, so that you will never be able to say, Lord, you don't know what I'm going through. He does know what you're going through. To the furthest extent, he knows you and what you're going through. Chapter 39, the Bible says in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. We know Joseph was, uh, he was always isolated. His brothers never liked him. He, he was pushed aside, isolated. Um, his father was older, and uh, he, he, uh, he was a great young man. Though his brothers uh, attempted to kill him, but decided not to. Instead, they, he was spared uh, and then sold into Egypt. Uh, in verse 2, the Bible says, verse 30, chapter 39, and the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. He said, how can God be with me in such a bad situation? Where is God? Uh, why, why did I end up like this? God's not there. No, God was with Joseph. He was with Joseph in that situation. You're not going to find God past your desires. You're not going to find God... Uh, past your fleshly wants. And uh, you, you need to understand that God is for you and that other things are going to blind you. If you're, if you're looking at all your problems uh, versus the deliverance of God coming, you're never going to see God. You're always just going to see what's before. You're always going to see uh, those that are against. You're always going to see the things you don't have versus what you do have. You're always going to be unthankful. You're always going to be... Uh, what was me I'm alone no God was with Joseph and he was prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand and Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. So Joseph was apprehended, but because the Lord was with him, listen, Joseph apprehended everything that he had before him. He reached forward. He allowed, he didn't allow a circumstance to dictate What he was going to do and how he was going to live and how he was going to stand. And we know Potiphar's wife later on was after him. He got cast in prison. Let's look at verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. And sometimes we think uh, things are going well and then bam, things turn. Sometimes they get worse before they get better. But the Lord was with Joseph. And he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Sometimes we just need mercy. Did Joseph do everything right? Nobody does everything right. But thank God for the mercy of God. God gave him mercy in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was a doer of it. Joseph, again, reached forward. He forgot, he he allowed, he didn't allow a circumstance to dictate his current position and what he was doing. He reached forward towards that mark. Whatever situation you find yourself in, it's up to you, To do that, in his time, listen, he makes all things beautiful in his time. It takes some faith. It takes a heart. Eyes off yourself. Pride is gonna keep your eyes on you, number one. Humility is gonna put your eyes on God. And then you're gonna be able to see God's with you. God's hand of blessing. Did Joseph have everything he wanted? Didn't matter. Joseph was in prison at this point. But God had mercy on him. Something to be thankful. Thank you for the mercy of God. Let's look in chapter 45, verse 4. The Bible says in chapter 45, verse 4, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me. We know Joseph's brethren came later on. I pray you, and they came near, chapter 45 and verse 4, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom he had sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry. His brother tried to kill him. It was Simeon who, tried to, who said, look, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. Trying to spare Joseph's life. There's a lot of hurt here when he saw his brothers. There's a lot of mixed feelings a reliving of the past. It doesn't matter how good Joseph had it. You still, you still miss your family. He could never get back those years that were stolen and robbed from him. But look, let's look at Joseph's response. Verse 5 says, Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Joseph's outlook, he saw the hand of God upon him and God's plan and how he was going to be used of God. For these two years hath the famine been in a land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be eating nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Joseph had an understanding. Why? Because he was not looking at the past. He was looking forward. He was looking forward. He was grabbing always forward. Let's forget what, what situation? Let's see what a situation I'm in. Let me forget everything that just happened and make the best of it. And let me see God's hand today. God gave Joseph two sons. Chapter 39. Go back there. Chapter 39. I'm sorry, chapter 41. In verse 38, the Bible says, Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the spirit of God is? Joseph's testimony displayed the spirit of God. In verse 50, the Bible says, and unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came which Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bare unto him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn. What was the name of the firstborn? Manasseh. For God, said he, hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. That means all of his heartache and all that his brothers did to him and all of his problems and all of his cares, God hath caused me, made me. How can we forget the past? How can we forget those and forgive those that have hurt us? Because God hath made me. It is only God that can do such a great work. It is only God that can take someone that's a mess and turn them into a masterpiece. God made me. It's impossible. In some, even in some cases that we have in this room. Some of the things that you dear people have gone through and are going through or been through. Can God possibly give me life again? Can God cause me to forget? Oh, he can. Manasseh, God hath made me forget. He hath made me. That means God forced. God intervened, interceded on your behalf and have made you to forget it all. 52 says, In the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Sometimes we cannot change our circumstances. Sometimes the circumstances that we are in were not our fault. Sometimes they are but either way, it doesn't matter. When God steps in, he forces a blessing. He hath caused me to be fruitful. What if I got myself in those circumstances? He hath caused me to be fruitful. What if I got myself in the mess? He hath caused me to be fruitful in the land, the Bible says, of my affliction we got to stop looking at the affliction and start looking at God who is able to bless me within the current circumstances that I am in. Whatever you bring to God, he makes it beautiful in his time. We need to learn to forget the past and reach forward. Paul said, I'm not perfect, but I've learned this. I need to forget the past and reach forward for the high prize calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's look at another one in the book of Esther. You have Psalms, right before Psalms is Job, and then before Job is Esther. In the book of Esther, we know Esther, this sweet girl. Her mother and father had died. Her uncle, Mordecai, took her in as his own daughter. Mordecai of the lineage of Saul. Wonder why uh, of Shimei. Shimei was the man who cursed David. But for some reason, David said, "I I can't kill this man. God used the mercy that David showed, and through that lineage came Esther. And we don't know why God does certain things sometimes until years later. God shows mercy on us when you show mercy on others. Esther chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 7, This is Mordecai. Mordecai, he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. And that's hard, being raised uh, by Mordecai. Esther, she didn't have her mom to talk to. She didn't have her dad to talk to. look so in verse 8. The Bible says, So it came to pass, when the king's commandment and decree was heard, when many maidens were gathered together into Shushan, the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also into the king's house, to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. Now, if you're not familiar with this uh, story, King Ahasuerus, uh, Vashti, his wife, uh, he asked for Vashti to come. He called for his wife to come. He wanted the uh, introduce her to all of his friends and uh, she said no i'm not coming she and he, he he felt offended so his advisor said listen she's not she can't be your wife anymore when you're a king you are not really king you know everybody, everybody else uh, kind, kind of dictates everything uh, so he, he said what do you mean she came well she can't be your wife anymore she she's leading a bad example for the other wives she can't she can't be your wife so he said man uh, and he was upset and mad. Uh, so uh, they said, well, let's, let's pick out a new wife for you. Let's gather all the maidens of the, of the town and we'll bring them before you. And the one you choose, that's going to be your wife. And that's when Esther was gathered and they put uh, all these uh, women, all these young women in, uh, in, in a house. Haggai was the keeper of the women. This is the first house. And let's look in verse 9. The Bible says, and the maiden pleased him and she obtained kindness of him. Talking about Esther, uh, she was taken and now in the custody of Haggai. And in Haggai's eyes, she obtained kindness. She obtained favor. And he speedily gave her, in verse nine, her things for purification, which such things belonged to her and seven maidens, which were meat to be given her. So he right away gives her seven maidens to help her take care of her and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women so he gave her the king's suite immediately she was taken and god gave her favor immediately you see no matter what circumstance you find yourself in you could live what was me or you can continue you know what, let's forget, let's forget, and let's keep on reaching forward. Amen. It's a trust in God and a faith, knowing how God works and understanding that he makes all things beautiful Amen. in his time. That's right. You say I can't just ignore and, and, and be a pushover and be, he makes all things beautiful. Amen. Those who trust in the Lord, the Bible says, shall not be ashamed. Let's keep reading. Verse 13, the Bible says, Then thus came every maiden unto the king. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. So there was a time when every maiden came to the, before the king and was with the king. And when the king... Uh, when, when If the king didn't find favor in her, she was sent to another house. And she was there in that house probably for the rest of her life. Could never marry, could just kind of live in there unless the king called on her. The Bible says in verse 13, Before they went to the king, every maiden was allowed to be given anything that she desired. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. So whatever she felt necessary to be found in favor of the king, she was given. Remember, this is uh, the, the, the Mede and Persian Empire here. This is not uh, talking about a godly empire. Uh, so she was taken, and all the maidens were gathered to the first house, the house where Haggai kept. All the maidens came one by one before the king and was with the king. And any maiden... That was found in favor. She was going to be found as queen. She was going to be given the crown. So anything that the the maidens desired that would maybe give them opportunity to please the king, they were allowed to go and get. They said, go, go get it, whatever you need. Whatever you think you need to make yourself complete and feel as though you have a chance to be queen, go and get it. Go and get it. And isn't that, that the seat today of the world? You had the women cutting off that and adding this and injecting that and uh, um, making this bigger and, and, and doing this and do it. Whatever you need to think is going to make you queen, go ahead and do it. And these girls were running around everywhere, going out to the world and getting whatever they thought they needed. 14 says, in the evening she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women to the custody of Shashgaz, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubine. She came in unto the king no more except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. She was there for life. If she didn't make queen, she was there for life. 15, now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her to his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. What is those next words? She required nothing. All the other girls were running around, grabbing this for it, uh, trying to make themselves, I'm going to be a queen. I-, I need this. I need that. I need-, I need to make myself look like this. I need to make myself look like this Hollywood star. I need to, I need to uh, appear as uh, though the king would accept me. Whatever I think I need, I'm going to get. Right? When Esther came, when Esther's turn was, the Bible says she required nothing. Esther, don't, don't you need some lipstick? No. Don't, don't you need the. No. Nothing. I don't need anything. I don't need nothing. The Bible says she required nothing. 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 Esther, you're about to go into the king. Don't you see the other girls? Don't you see the way all the girls are looking today? That Hollywood look? Don't you you think the king uh, wants you to look like that? Esther said, no, I don't require anything. She required nothing. But what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women appointed, That was part of their purification. Verse 16 says, So Esther was taken unto King Ahasuerus into his house royal in the 10th month, which is the month to Beth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen Instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast. He even named it part of the Persian calendar Esther's feast. And he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the state of the king. Esther's feast. You know, sometimes things get good. Later on, we know things got bad. Let's go. Chapter 4. We know what happened when uh, Haman came to power. He tried to eliminate all the Jews of the world. Chapter 4, verse 14. She tells Mordecai, Mordecai, if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise. Chapter four, verse 14, and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knowest whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? And this is Esther's famous quote. And even as it was with Joseph, God is the one who sent me. God is the one who sent me. Esther's saying here, God is the one who sent us. We have a purpose here. We have a cause. You see, even in time of uh, sorrow, you look for God's deliverance. And when God does lift you up, I'm going to say this, the blessings are not without responsibility. God has not blessed you in this world so that you can live like a king here. God has blessed you in this world so that you can live for the king here and help others and be there for another. Just as fast as he lifted you up, he will cut you down. If you don't handle the blessings of God properly, Deuteronomy 8 says when God, when they asked for God blessings, God blessed them. And after God blessed them, then they turned their heart away from him. But God looks and seeks for a people to bless. He looks and searches for a man to bless. He looks with all of his resources in heaven for a woman to bless and to lift up. Like Joseph, like Esther. Verse 15, then Esther bade them return, Mordecai, this answer, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan. You had the feast of Esther, and here you have the fast of Esther. God works with both. There's times of feasting, and there's times of fasting. There's times of rejoicing, and there's times of sorrow. But God makes all things beautiful in his time. He says, and fast, she said, and fast you for me and neither eat uh, nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. See, Esther was a godly woman and she was exalted to queen. You don't need this world to lift you up. You don't need to try to put yourself as queen, women. Let God lift you up in his time. Let God raise you up. And if God raises you up, no one can cut you down. And so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. There's Esther's fast. And she said, I'm here for such a time as this. You know what our problem today is? Let's go to Isaiah. We're going to close with this. Isaiah chapter 66, in the book of Isaiah, in the last chapter, and we're gonna close. The Bible says in verse one of Isaiah chapter 66, verse one, thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. God owns it all. Where is the house that you build unto me? Where is the place of my rest? God looks down and he sees us busy. He sees uh, us building everything else for ourselves. And he says, where is mine? What are you doing for me? For all those things hath mine hand made and all those things have been, saith the Lord. He said, but to this man will I look. You know, you think you can get God's attention by how good you are, by your gifts that he's given you, even putting money in a plate that he's blessed you with. God owns it all. We only are stewards of what God has given us. We don't get God's attention by any of that. Our works do not. Our righteousness is as filthy rags to God. He said, but to this man will I look. Meaning to this one, this is the one that gets my attention. This is the one that makes me stop everything I'm doing in heaven and look down as small as we are on this earth to God, little ants. We walk around this earth, tread this earth, run around. We don't notice any ants unless they're eating our donuts or something. (laughs) And who are we to God? This one gets God's attention, makes him look, even to him that is of a poor and of contrite heart. That means broken, helpless, nothing to offer God but ourself. I can't do anything, God. I can't give you anything. I can't be anything for you. I'm just a sinner, and I'm coming to you, though, and I need you my life is yours, that gets God's attention. And it says, and trembleth at his word, the word of God. When that hears the word of God, you know, preaching today, preaching the word, hearing the word, reading the word, people are numb to it today. Goes over their heads. Goes one ear at the other. They don't tremble at the word. They don't have a fear of God anymore. But those that are broken and tremble and understand that this is God's word. And if he says he'll mean it. If he says he'll bless me, he will. He says he's gonna come through. I know he is. I'm gonna keep on, because he's my deliverer in whom I trust, my rock in whom I stand, my shield that protects me from any weapon formed against me. He's my God, and I have nothing all for him but myself. That makes God look. God makes all things beautiful in his time. There is nothing that you bring to God that he won't work out. There is no mess that he is not willing to make sense of. Certainly, he can't undo things that, he uh, I mean, he can, but he won't. There's not things that he's going to undo for you. There's certain consequences that we have to live with, but only God. will take and salvage whatever we bring to him and give us a life that's worth living. To continue to relive the past is only hurting our future every day. But forgetting all those things that are before and reaching forward, taking hold, apprehending what is before us the high prize calling of God in Christ Jesus. Like Joseph, whatever situation he found himself, whatever position he found himself in, God was there, and God blessed him. Like Esther. And they both realized, you know, I have a purpose in my life. I have a reason I'm here. And God has sent. And they both came to God, were broken and of a contrary heart, and trembled like Joseph. I cannot do this thing, for it is against God, he told Potiphar's wife. Trembled at God's word, a fear of God's word, and directed and kept as a light unto his path. May all of us this year reach forward to the life that God has for us. You know God's will. You might not know all of it. You know most of it. Do it. Forget the past and reach forward. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, Lord, as the piano plays, I pray, oh God, this new year, we don't need to change our outward. We need to change our inward. We need to have a broken heart for you. We need to get a fear of your word again. We find, Lord, that our lives aren't going the way we plan. They never will. But help us, Lord, to live according to your plan, knowing that your plan is always right and good. I pray, oh God, that you'll help us. Let's all stand. I want to challenge you for this New Year's to come to the altar of God and do business with God. Talk to Him. Lord, I'm coming just as I am. I have nothing to offer. God doesn't want anything you have. He wants you. The type of person I am, God knows you better than anybody. And he has a plan for you. You say, i messed myself up. Forget the past. Forget it. Forget it and reach forward to what God has planned for you. This New Year's, I want to challenge you to do something, be something great for God by allowing God to be great for you. Get God's attention by reading your Bible. Jesus said, if you love me, you're gonna keep my commandments. Get God's attention by allowing yourself to forgive and God helping you forgive. knowing that God makes all things beautiful in his time. That includes you. That includes you. God hath caused me, made me forget. God hath made me forget, and God hath caused me to be fruitful. Esther said, for such a time as this, God didn't bless me for my own self. He hath made me queen so that I can be a help to others and get them to God. As God lifts you up, bring others to him. feast or famine this is our job I'm going to have a prayer of blessing for everybody Lord as we enter the new year oh God I pray and ask your blessing upon us all For we are your people and the sheep of your pasture oh God I pray Lord that this year we will get closer to you just one step closer is worth it all Lord, whatever it takes to bring us there, whether trial, persecution, temptation, famine, peril, distress, Lord, to get closer to you is worth it all, I pray. Lord, you'll keep us, direct our steps. Father, if anyone in here is not saved, I pray for their salvation in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He died for them, he loves them, He's willing to forgive all their sin and become their savior to make them their ch- your, your, your child, Lord. I pray, O oh God, that before they leave, they'll get saved. Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, you give us strength and grace to live godly in this wicked world. As sin abounds, Lord, may your grace abound greater. Help us be a testimony and a light to represent your name upon us. Pray for our men, Lord. Give them strength, wisdom, integrity. Give them a backbone. Lord, pray for our women. Lord, let them shine as lights, in godliness. Let their feet, Lord, every step they take, bear the light of the cross and their words, the wisdom of the scriptures. Lord, our families. Protect them, Lord, as our families are under attack in this day. Our children, guard their eyes and their hearts, Lord, and may they be always directed to you. Lord, as we come together during these troublesome times, Lord, during good times, during any time, may we always worship and praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we leave these doors, may we have our Lord, shoes tied, and always be ready to share the gospel with anyone. Lord, as we bear the cross on our shoulders, I pray, Lord, you'll give us strength and grace as we bear it in your name. Bless us, I pray now, as we go. We thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for all you've done. Lord, when we, when, uh, we lift you up, I pray you'll bless us. And when you bless us, I pray, We'll keep our hearts focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Happy, New Happy New Year. God bless you. Amen.